Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad you're here. We have a, a, a wonderful guest that's going to be joining us in just a second. Before we get there, I want to remind you that we've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of advisors, authors, and thought leaders, over 750 at last count. And we've archived all of them on our website at exitcoachradio.com in something called our audio library, where we set up 40 different topic file folders and we put uh, interviews from, again, these authors, advisors, and thought leaders into there. And you can go there at exacoachradio.com and listen anytime you want from your computer, download them to your smartphone, whatever you want to do to gain the wisdom of all of these wonderful guests. My next guest is Lisa Walker. She is an action coach from Corona Del Mar, California, right down the street. And uh, we're going to talk about how she helps business owners as a, a business coach with a group called Action Coach, a wonderful organization. Actually, the I've heard the largest coaching organization for business owners in the world, uh, Action Coach. And she's going to talk about getting your business to run without you. So, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with your audience. Well, it's wonderful to have people that are actually out there helping business owners so that we can get some some of your wisdom and pass it on down. Tell us how you got involved as an action coach and a little bit about your background so our business owners are so our listeners can get to know you a little bit. So I am a certified business coach. Um also have education, a BS in business and a, and an MBA, twenty five years plus of corporate and small business experience in executive roles in marketing and product management, as well as CEO of an imaging technology organization. In that role, I was working with uh, larger companies, solving business problems, reducing costs, helping them to grow the market for their products and services. But I was working with very large corporations like Microsoft and Google and HP, and I decided to make the switch to business coaching because I could take all of that experience and apply it directly to a business owner or executive where I could really see the impact uh, of what I'm doing and I can really impact people's lives. And that's just much more intrinsically rewarding uh, for me. So that's what I'm doing now, and I, and I love it. Uh, I am also a national champion and seven-time world record holder in competitive formation skydiving. So I know how to wow. set and achieve big, hairy, audacious goals, and I can help my <laughs> clients do the same. Uh, wow, so, that so is, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. When, just a, a quick side note, but when you're doing these formations, how, how big have they gotten and what's what's usual in the sky? The largest to date is 400 people. Um, I am also. I've been on several. Uh, five five hundred is the holy grail, which we haven't been. It's been years, and we we can't seem to even get the the number of people and logistics um, for that. You know, to do that is very challenging. 
Um, I've also been on um, several records that are all women. So the last uh, one that I did was in 2009. was 181 uh, all women, and it was a fundraiser for City of Hope. So we raised almost a million dollars for uh, breast cancer research for City of Hope and created a record of the largest uh, all-female uh, formation. Oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a... So, so uh, if people are wondering if you have, you know, if you have the uh, the courage to walk through their business problems, <laughs> there right? should be no doubt. <laughs> yeah, there should be they, no I doubt. Also threatened to, I also threaten to throw them out of an airplane if they don't do what I tell them to do. So that's pretty effective, also. Well, some probably want to be thrown out of an airplane if they do what know what you want to do. They just want somebody to help them do that. Exactly, and, and that can be arranged as well. Well, you talked about some of the challenges of, of large businesses that you tackled, um, reducing costs, solving problems, enhancing marketing efforts. Those sound like small business problems as well. So when, you're, when you made the shift from big businesses to smaller businesses, did you see a big difference in the nature of the problems or just the scope of the problems? You know, that's a great question because it's mainly scope, but also what I run into a lot of times with small business owners when I'm working with them to resolve the kinds of challenges that they have to, to scale They often uh, kind of resist a little bit because putting the systems and tools and process in place that will allow them to grow their businesses, they they sort of see those as as big business tools, and and that's what they don't realize is that that's how you get to business, is you, you, you do things in a systematic, consistent way so that you can scale the company. And as the owner, you know, as the business grows, the owner has to grow uh, in order to let go of, of things and still trust the people and the systems that they put in place to scale the business. That's a great point. You know, there, I saw a, a quote, I don't remember it word for word, but it was something like, every large business started as a small business. And I think exactly we lose right. sight of that sometimes. You know, we forget HP was started in a garage and Apple, exactly. you know, all these. So they all started there and then they started to scale and that's where they, they reached a lot of the challenges. But what kind of challenges do you typically work on with a business owner? What I find is uh, there, there are three areas, time, team, and money. Almost everybody, everything can, can put into one of those three categories. So time is, you know, the business owner just grows the business by working more and more and more hours. They work themselves into a corner where they're working 60, 80, 100 hours a week, and they don't have time to do the strategic things that they need to do to work on the business to get the business to grow. So they they get stuck there. They're not effective at delegation. They're not focused on their highest dollar value use of their time. And so they just they get stuck. They can't move forward. Second area team, they have not created uh, systems, positional agreements, written goals, performance evaluation, systematic recruiting techniques for you know finding the right people for the right job. So I, I work with them on their leadership and, and team skills. And then third area money, it, it's almost always a focus on sales and marketing, um, profitability. They're they're not measuring their marketing activity. They don't really know what works and what doesn't. They know that they spend a certain amount of money, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. They just know an aggregate, uh, but they don't do enough measuring and testing to uh, to figure out what exactly is working. And they often need help with putting you know sales process in place or things like defining and articulating well what their unique selling proposition is, What what is unique about their business, why would I as a customer want to do business with them versus the, the guy down the street who's selling the same thing for less money. 
Um, so those are all, you know, kind of the big three areas. Well put. Thank you very much. So it's time, team, yeah. and money just sums it all up yep. for a, a lot of people, and that. <laughs> That makes it kind of easy to say, well, let, let's work on those three things. Now, a lot of business owners say that, you know, well, yeah, I don't have time to do stuff because I'm so busy doing everything. Uh, that's a telltale symptom of, of the problem, isn't it? Exactly. And and that's actually one of the first things I work on with almost all my clients is looking at what they're doing with their time. How I actually I make them for three weeks write down a log every day of in 15-minute increments um, what they're doing with their time. And then at the, I, I kind of make them two, two weeks is really enough, but they cheat for the first week. So I throw out the first week and really look at the second two weeks. And, and we look at their time and say, look, you know, the, here's the things that you're doing that are not, you know, high-dollar value use of your time, that you should be, you know, here, here's 10 hours right here that you ought to be delegating to somebody that you can pay $15 an hour to, to do that stuff. So that's that's first I have to I have to create the time in the week for them to do the work that they they need to do that is the on the business, you know, strategic stuff. So that absolutely is is step 1. That's that's something that business owners really need to do and they really hate that exercise, yeah. don't they? <laughs> yeah, because, they, yeah. <laughs> they because do. they just yeah. think, "Well, I I'm just busy. I'm do I don't have to, you don't I don't have time I'm to write busy. stuff down." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, I'm here's the, here's busy. the problem, Lisa. You don't want your business owners to not be busy. You just want them to be busy doing the right things, is that right? Exactly. It's not it's not about being busy. I'd rather they were less busy. And we're focused on, you know, the top three priorities and learned how to, you know, prioritize their time. Um, there, there are a, a, a bunch of really good books out there. Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog is one of them. Stephen Covey's uh, for, uh, First Things First. You know, that just simple techniques, nothing, you know, nothing that's hard to do. But for, you know, some reason people, people tend to resist doing it. And that's because they often, it's, you know, the things that they're not doing are outside of their comfort zone. And so, you know, it's, it's especially with small business owners. They, a lot of them, you know, they started their business because they had a certain passion or expertise about something, whether it's, you know, a software engineer or a scientist or even a professional, you know, CPA, doctor, dentist. Um, they started their business because, you know, they had passion about that and expertise in that, and that's what they're comfortable doing. So, but you can't if you're if you're a software engineer, you know you can't spend 20 hours a week programming if you're going to be the CEO of the business. It, it just doesn't work. So they but they do that because that's what they like. It's what they enjoy doing. So they've got to make some hard decisions about you know are, are they committed to growing the business or do they want to keep doing what they like doing and what they're comfortable with too, too much of the time. Now, when you talk about getting your business to run without you. Does that conjure up fear in people? It's like, well, if the business runs without me, then what's my value? What do I do? What am I going to do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have an initial reaction to that. That um, sort of guy's like, well, well, but but I but I like I like what I do. Okay, that's great. It's just about creating the option. You know, if if you it, let's get your business to a point where you you don't have to be there working 16 hours a day you can be there four hours a day and if you want to be there 10 hours a day then go ahead but you have the option and the other thing is you know especially for your listeners if if you want to sell that business or retire or exit from it at some point you, you have to get it to run without you 
otherwise you're, you can't you, you know you can't sell yourself with the business if you're you know if you're looking to get out of it so you you've got to create a business structure that can run without you there and if you do that um, your your business valuation is going to be much higher and if you can demonstrate that you know to, to a potential buyer then um, th- that's going to make a huge difference for you if you're trying to you know exit the business at some point. And is that when you say that to someone, is that an aha moment for them when they the light finally goes on that oh either I can I can have a crazy job or I can be the owner of the business and yeah. it's it they're different skill sets or different tactics is that the big problem because I've read that in E Myth and other books that are out there great business books right that say you know the yeah. problem is you're really not acting like an owner you're acting like the 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 crazy. You have a crazy job description is what you have. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Yeah, a- absolutely true. And it, it is something that is a light bulb moment. And, and then I find that people, business owners, will accept it and get it more clearly if I if I position it to them as, as having the option. Right? It's like you, you don't have to go away and not and not work in the business if that's if that's what you like doing. But you know, but having having the option um, is is really what that you know they kind of go oh okay yeah that that would be nice actually yeah if I could if, if I can be an, a business owner and you know come in when I want to come in and not when I don't it's a it's a mindset shift so it, it is an aha moment that people will get at some point um, even the ones that don't don't want to initially because they can't imagine they can't ima- they can't imagine it right so it's a, it's an identity. Um, to shifting into the identity of being a business owner versus you know owning a job. Yeah, and I've uh, I've heard that from exit planning groups and others, coaching groups that were uh, business owners are saying, I can't imagine not working, but I can yep. imagine working a lot less. <laughs> so yeah. I re- what yeah. I really want, <laughs> I want to go from overtime president to part time chairman of the board. And, and when you when you kind of position it like that, it sounds a lot more appealing. It, it also, if if you position with them, you know, well, what, what about if you were just you know collecting passive income from, from this business? This, this is an asset that you own that generates income, and you know you can use you choose to spend your time there or not, but it's it's generating income for you even when you're not doing anything, and that's a pretty appealing perspective for for most people so they you know they can kind of go oh yeah that that sounds pretty good actually let's let's do that yeah it, yeah and with the crush of of baby boomer owned business owners that are going to be heading to market and already starting to head to market it, it might be a desirable option over what you might get after taxes from selling your business for a lot of people is just to have that income coming yep. in keep your business and have a plan b for what happens if you die what happens if you be you know become sick uh, and you need to divest yourself of the business, but at that point you have more options yeah. down the road, right? It's, so it's it's yeah. it's important. This is a very important topic, listeners. That you need to be thinking about how can you get yourself to be less important to the business. So what are the keys to getting your business to run without you? Well, for, first of all, you, you have to have a specific goal to, to get there, right? To to ha- to at least create that as an option. 
Um, if you don't have that as a specific, written down, measurable goal, then it isn't going to happen. Having specific written down goals, whether it's to, you know, go, go into retirement, work part time, sell the business, pass it on to family members, or have that passive income stream, you have to have a specific written down goal with a timeline um, that's going to get you to that point. Second thing is identifying sort of the, the mechanical and personal barriers to, to getting to that to that goal. What are the, you know, what are the things that you need to put in place in the in the business to allow it to work without you? And and where are you personally holding back uh from allowing that to happen? So we need to work on those kinds of things. And then um putting all the systems in place, um touched on that a little bit, putting the systems in place to replace, you know, all that stuff that's in in the owner's head that they think, you know, only they know and only they can do well in the business. Um, getting everything out of their head and into, you know, documented systems so that the the team and the business can run and grow uh, without them. So, you know, those sound like a kind of standard uh, operating procedure for any business endeavor. It's just that you're here, you're focusing on it, and you're going to have specific tools. But the other thing about it is uh, because these are kind of self-imposed goals for the business owners – they really need someone to make sure they're doing it right. I mean, so many things get swept by the by the wayside if somebody's not uh, coming back and saying, "Okay, did you do the last assignment? Are you are you on track? Are you doing this right?" Is that the problem? Yeah, that it's it's easy for people to have to have goals. Um, it's much harder to actually execute on them, and especially for a small business owner, because there, there's nobody, um, you know, typically there's nobody holding them accountable. There's nobody that they share their goals with. Um, they, you know, they don't have a board of directors, um, you know, typically. Um, they don't have an advisor, and so there's no one holding them accountable, and just the, the outside perspective, um, having someone else look at you and what you're doing with uh, unbiased eyes and and from an outside view, no one is good at seeing themselves as other people see them. And so having that outside perspective and, you know, having someone who can say, hey, look, you know, I I see you doing this, um, and that's going to lead to this kind of result, and what you told me you wanted was this result. So they don't seem to be in line there. What's, you know, what's what's going on with that? Um, And then just the accountability um, having you know somebody that you talk to every week that you're going to have a conversation with about um, you know well this is what you know this is what you plan to do this week this is what actually happened um, you know what 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 went on um, what, what do you need help with um, so just you know somebody that's looking closely at w- what you're doing um, on a consistent regular basis makes makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, you know when you think about it, the, the National Weather Service doesn't set up its its um, tracking center in the middle of a hurricane right it (laughs) you know and and battle and battle plans aren't aren't drawn up on the front either and it's important for you to be able as a business owner to to have a a a place to go back to to reflect genius is comes from a quiet mind and it's important to come back and reflect on that so you you've talked about some wonderful things is it uh it does it take a lot of time for business owners to get involved with a coach and plan all this stuff? What's what's their time commitment? 
Yeah, any, anybody that I approach, you know, if they're, if they're already working 16 hours a day, anything sounds like a lot of time, which, which is, you know, which is why that's what I work on first, uh, to create that time. Typically, you know, we say it takes two, two to five hours a week um, of time that you can be focused on the business um, in order to make, you know, the kind of, get the kind of results that, that we can get working with business owners. We also um, do a quarterly planning uh, workshop day. So every, every 90 days, all of my clients, all my coaching clients get out of their business for a day, uh, come to my office, and we do a focused day of, okay, here's, what, here's our plan for the next 90 days. And then we work on implementing that plan. So again, you mentioned, you know, the, the getting getting away from the business. Um, there's a, a structured approach where, you know, every 90 days you take a day out, you get out of the business completely, and you focus just on strategy and planning and goals for the next 90 days. That's wonderful. So that really gives them a quiet place to retreat and really think about working on the business, not in the business, which yeah. is so important. Um, exactly. And, and, no, let's talk really briefly about uh, some of the areas that are key for systemization. Um, you know, any um, it, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, one of the key areas that I find that surprises people is sales and marketing, right? You, you might not think of sales and marketing as being critical systems area. People think of systems as, you know, computers and, you know, technical stuff. But for, for sales and marketing, it's even it's just as important as as any other area of the business, if not more. You know, you have to have a systematic way uh, of of conducting your sales process. Otherwise, you don't know what's working and what's not, and things change constantly. So, just because something worked this week doesn't mean it's going to work next week. Or if you're trying a new marketing campaign, um, most small business owners don't do any testing and measuring. Of the marketing, They're, they just they decide. Okay, I'm going to go do an ad, or I'm going to do pay-per-click stuff, and you know this is what I'm going to do. And they and they just go put money into it and do it without testing different approaches first. You know, a different different uh, creative, different graphic, different offer, different you know headline, different copy. Mm-hmm. You know, test a couple of things first, see what gets results, and then and then go put money into that. So sales and marketing is often a very overlooked uh, area for um, systemization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And that's just, you know, you've heard, uh, listeners so far, you've heard uh, it's about your time, team, and money. You've got to set goals. Uh, you've got to really find out what your barriers are, develop systems, and have accountability. Uh, Lisa, you've done a wonderful job at, at outlining what uh, a, a business owner would uh, do with you how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to uh, initiate a conversation with you and find out if your services are right for them? Uh, easiest way is Lisa Walker at actioncoach.com. And uh, I would uh, like to offer any of the Exit Coach uh, Radio listeners that if you get in touch with me, um, I will sit down with you, um, do a, a complimentary business evaluation and strategy session you know, 60 to 90 minutes, um, take a look at your business, what's going on, and what I would recommend that uh, that you work on. And, you know, if you want to work on it with me, great. If not, that, that's okay, too. Well, that's wonderful. And why wouldn't you want to work on uh, your your business with someone who jumps out of airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> Has the cur- I'm sure you don't pull any punches when it comes to some of these, what you must do as a business owner. Um, and that's what most business owners need is somebody who's truly going to be a, uh, keeping you accountable 
to your actions and exactly. goals. So, and Lisa, yep. you're also a, a member of the AICPA and Provisors, which is means you're well networked. Uh, it's a huge group of advisors that are networked together, at least here in Southern California and other parts of the country. So um, appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this wisdom with us. I hope you'll come back again sometime soon and, and we can get deeper into some of these topics because we just kind of scratched the surface today. But thanks very much. appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the opportunity. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Please stay with us. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 